another episode of at the movies with cash and hightower hey you've got cash here this is hightower cash how you doing man i'm fantastic for some reason my wife and daughter thought it was cool to get me sick over the weekend so still recovering from that but after a stern talking to i think i'm gonna be okay that was very selfish of them to pass the bug along to you i know especially after such a big episode last week no kidding no kidding. We all we and you know full disclosure. We almost didn't make it back. We almost did have to stop after ten. We've just had <laughs> we've had, we've been had a lot of issues. You're, you're getting sick, and we just the IT issues. Hopefully our mics sound okay, but yeah, it's been a it's been a stressful week. If they don't blame Chauncey, he's our IT guy. Chauncey, <laughs> not and not Chauncey Billups, not the former Pistons. No, player. no, 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 no. Just Chauncey, like Madonna, but just Chauncey. <laughs> Different Chauncey. You guys don't know. Him. He's from Wisconsin. <laughs> Nothing but trouble. That's right. Well, today we have gathered here to talk about a Eddie Murphy movie. Who? I'll just go out and come out and say it. I've already mentioned it before, but I'm a big fan of Eddie Murphy. But we are watching Coming to America, or we're talking Coming to America, from 1988, starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, Sherry Headley, a bunch of other people. What's your history with this one? So my first, first and foremost, great year, 1988. Just a fantastic year to to come out. Um, (laughs) uh, But my history with this movie, the first time I saw it was probably on TV when I was in high school, I I would venture a guess. And... I um, I did not have a high opinion of it because uh, I saw it on TV, so that was my first mistake. But over the years, I've I've come around to it a little bit. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth here. My overall feelings on it, but um, definitely enjoyed it more this viewing than I did in previous viewings. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to know. I'll take that into account while we're talking about the film. But <laughs> it's funny you say that you saw it on TV because this movie was on Comedy Central back in the day, like all the freaking time like i i've like seen bits and pieces of this so many times it's not even funny so yeah it's but yeah it's a totally different movie without the i mean it's an it is an r movie so it is it it very much so is and they definitely uh on tv when it's edited out they um they chop off a lot of the good stuff so i yeah i definitely appreciated it more this time around because of that right Rookie mistake watching it on TV. <laughs> so is this your first non? This is your first like actual watching of the full film? No, I'd seen it. Um, it's probably been three or four years ago. I think um, the missus and I sat down and watched it, um, and then it's just been a few weeks. Because when I go, when I go through my Eddie Murphy collection, I usually stick with some of his earlier stuff, the like Trading Places, early Beverly Hills Cop. Um, even sometime like 48 hours, I, you know, I, I, I do enjoy those, um, or the first one, I should say. The second one's a little bit later on, but I don't normally go to Coming to America, so it was it was good for you to say, hey, we need to get you out of your comfort zone again, yeah. Cash, you, right you pansy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, speaking of history of this film, I guess I should talk. I, so, I've, I don't remember when I first saw this, but I actually probably saw it too the first time on cable and was like, man, I gotta check this out. And so, I don't remember whose house I saw it at, but we, we had like the actual video and like, yeah, seeing, you know, like some nudity and the, you know, all the cuss words. I was like, whoa, this, yeah, this is a totally different movie than I remember <laughs> seeing. So, I don't remember where I was I saw it, but yeah, I, uh, I thought it was funny, even watching it on uh, Comedy Central, but then after seeing The Real Deal, I was I was hooked on this movie. But, as we all talk, it's not your typical Eddie Murphy movie. No, definitely not. Um, and we can, uh, if you're ready, unless you want to get some house cleaning stuff out of the way, we can just dive right into it. Should we? I think we should discuss a little bit of the history of the film, though. Oh, yes, yes, you did some, want to talk about that. Yes, please. There are some, before we get going into the actual... You know, just jump into the movie itself. There's, there it has this has quite the interesting history to it. It's like right before this movie even comes out, like I feel like Eddie was doing like the, you know, all the press tour and you know the circuit, all the, you know, promoting of the film. You come to find out that, uh, so Eddie and John Landis, the director, had worked together a couple times, most famously for Trading Places, but in the mean uh, you know in the time after trading places and bef- like leading up to this old john had gotten himself in some trouble with uh the twilight zone movie that he made where one of the actors vic morrow was killed during a stunt gone wrong and a couple of kids also were killed by a uh helicopter and a very bad very bad deal you ever seen that movie you know what i haven't even seen it like i and familiar with all the baggage around it, and I just I haven't brought myself to actually watch it. And it I yeah. um, it's it's not bad. I, I for everything that like if you can somehow get past that horribleness, like the movie itself is not bad, but it's it's difficult to get past that. <laughs> yeah, like I thought about watching it, and I was like, I don't even want to see Vic Morrow, and I don't want to see the two kids because they they they're, they're it's probably obvious which two die but yep. i don't know but so i'm like oh man i don't even want to see it that just really bums me out so but anyway landis went to court you know for um you know he was the director he had these kids you know working past curfew so he was in some hot water and i think uh he didn't end up getting into some trouble but he was mad because eddie didn't come to his trial to kind of help support him and uh eddie kind of felt like uh he was doing Landis a favor, and uh, Landis was kind of cold to him on the set. So they, they did not get along uh, during the filming of this, and uh, there was some even bad blood. Like, when this movie's coming out, I don't feel like Eddie uh, like even like properly promoted the film. I remember you were telling me about that earlier, and I remember reading a little bit about it, too, and, like, the whole – like, his quote about, like, you know, he did some – effed up things and you know it's not maybe not necessarily his fault but he certainly has a share of the blame like totally a reasonable stance to take so i feel like if just looking at it on the surface level from what you've told me and what i've read online like eddie murphy is 100 percent in the right here and actually kind of going out on a limb to basically yeah. save john landis's career 100 <laughs> percent like he like landis should have been in gratitude you know he like would have, yeah. should have been in debt to eddie like i mean no one was going to touch him. He's lucky Eddie Murphy was like at the height of Eddie Murphy where uh, he could just kind of call the shots for Paramount because yeah, I don't see another studio bringing him in. Like, yeah, he did him a big time solid. And then, yeah, just 
Yeah, because Eddie basically went to the executives at Paramount too and was like, "I want Landis," and they were like, I, "You know, I don't know. I don't. We don't really want him." But he's like, "No, you. We're, I'm working with Landis." Right. Well, I think Eddie thought he was just gonna like do him a solid, and then like Eddie would actually, because Eddie wanted to direct this, and they they didn't want that. They wanted like an actual director, so I think he was like gonna like, "Oh yeah, I'll bring him a guy, John, who's in trouble, and then I can just direct it." But then like Landis came in and like actually wanted to direct and was trying to like boss Eddie around. Mm. He's like, "Look, dude." Like you, like you should be happy to be here, you know, one of those things. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, so yeah, very like interesting. Like I don't feel like that rubs off in the film at all. Like I don't feel the. Sometimes you can kind of feel like when you, know, you have like a tenth set, you can kind of feel it in the film. But like this is pretty like happy-go-lucky. Like, yeah, I don't see it at all. No, I was gonna say, where does it rank in your all-time romantic comedy list? <laughs> That's it's funny you say that because I don't even consider this a romantic comedy. Like I was watching this film just for this episode and I like had like the halfway point, I, you know, and like the love story kind of picks up. You're like, Oh wow. Is this, is this a, <laughs> a romantic comedy? Like, I don't even know how I would like qualify this movie. It seems like, you know, it's just going to be your typical Eddie Murphy comedy. Like, you know, like fish out of water. And then it kind of morphs into a romantic comedy by the end. So I don't know if I would, Get put it fully in that category, but yeah, it definitely has a little bit of that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I was just I would laugh and we were watching it together, and I was joking with my wife. I was like, "Hey, is this, how's this measure up to Morning Glory?" She of course <laughs> hit me in the arm. She's like, "It's it's nowhere near that." <laughs> Man, I almost texted you yesterday. I was at my parents' house, um, and uh, down in the basement, I'm assuming my mom has a copy of Leap Year DVD in the <laughs> on the shelf. I almost I almost took a picture and sent it to you. I'm glad you didn't, because my guess is it would have been put in shortly thereafter. <laughs> Don't remind her. No, thank you. Also, real quick, uh, there was a lawsuit involved with this film. So, uh, there was this uh, writer, Art, Art Buchwald, I think, Buchwald? I forgot his name already, but Art something, something like that. Uh, basically, it was sued and was like, hey, man, I wrote this story, and Eddie just essentially ripped me off. And uh, turns out he was awarded some cash so apparently it was pretty close to what they uh, ended up doing oh wow i did yeah. not read that so yeah this is just like a, such an interesting you know like i feel like there were a lot of red flags like early on but this movie was a commercial success and most people love it i wonder if it has something to do with the fact that like you said it was the height of eddie murphy and people are just like oh it's eddie murphy so I'm going to go, and it certainly has its moments. It's, like you said, it's not his typical movie, but I wonder if that's just, uh, he was so hot in the 80s that it was like, hey, slap Eddie Murphy on it, it's it's box office gold. There's definitely some of that. Yeah, Eddie Murphy was a a known thing. If he was in a movie, like a lot of people were going, so. That's for sure. That could be. All right, should we jump into it? Yeah, that excellent, uh, excellent history on the movie. I was not aware about that lawsuit piece, so thanks for sharing. Anytime. So, yeah, we'll dive in. So, for <laughs> I literally, the first note I have when they're doing, like, the overview shot at the beginning of the movie and we come to, like, the castle, it's like, man, this looks like the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz, <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, pretty cheaply done, too. You can tell, like, you know, it's got the... Yeah. It's, like, the painting and, like, the building in the very middle is, like, the only actual building. But, yeah, it's pretty obvious, like, when you actually look at it, but... Yeah, kind of. I like I like the opening theme, the uh, Oh We Moe 
but like not the actual version. I like yeah, like the the vocal, like the vocalization of just yeah. like that that part of it. I did too, and I I don't know about you, but like when I when it gets started, and it, you know, obviously he wakes up in bed, and they're doing this whole like or- orchestra waking him up, and like mm-hmm. try it, the once he actually gets up and gets going and like getting ready for the day, it one hundred percent reminded me of the Dukes at the beginning of Trading Places and Winthorpe, like. Somebody oh, yeah. taking care of him. Like the music was similar, I think. So I was like, oh, this is a very trading places vibe for me. Yeah, that's a good call. Definitely see that with, with Aykroyd instead of Eddie. Let, less boobs, obviously, in trading places, but <laughs> Yeah, there's there are yeah, there's a lot of nudity early on. It was very unexpected to me. I I forgot it. it's so jarring because you see it on TV so much, you're like, oh god, there's <laughs> yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's just out there. And even more exciting, obviously. So we obviously find out during that opening scene that it's um, Prince Akeem, obviously played by Eddie Murphy. It's his 21st birthday. But right away, I noticed this is our second movie in two weeks where we have an extremely long table and people not being able to communicate without I, I wrote that <laughs> communication note as well. devices. <laughs> I wrote that James Earl Jones Batman dinner scene stolen? Question mark. Yeah. It definitely. I mean, well, Batman would have stolen it that's from what, these guys. Yeah, that's it was, what I mean. I mean, like, yeah. Tim Burton watched this movie and was like, "Man, it's hilarious! I got to put that in my like serious <laughs> ba- uh, superhero movie." He just didn't have the intercoms. That was the only thing that was missing. Very true. That'd have been great if Eddie would have been like, "How's the soup?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, the um, and then you know, so King King Joffy, uh, James Earl Jones, and then. Queen Aleone, I'm going to mispronounce it because I know she pronounces it later in the movie. Aleone? Aleone? Uh, yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah, that's played by Madge Sinclair. We're just going to we're gonna roll with it. But they start talking to to Eddie about you know his 21st birthday and we're presenting you a bride. And then we get to meet Semi, too, played by Arsenio Hall, which their interactions throughout this movie are fantastic. And even when they're playing different characters, obviously within this movie, like just those two going back and forth, or you can tell they're having a blast doing this together. Yeah. I love, uh, Simi's smiles. Like just like when he's, you know, kind of being a turd. Like, I just love that. He just Mm -hmm. flashes that smile. It's just like brings a smile to my face. And the, the whole like training scene I've, I've watched it's like man this is ridiculous but one other thing i noticed too and, they, and i notice it later I, when they walk away from the wedding for a little bit like all the animals just walking in the background oh yeah i don't know why that tickled me <laughs> the baby babar oh yeah the elephant do the uh the training the stick fighting training scene yes that reminds me of uh black panther <clears throat> and like someone mm. someone did like a mashup of, uh, they took like the Black Panther, like a lot of scenes, and they mixed it in with uh, the Coming to America stuff. So they made it look like Eddie Murphy was Black Panther. <laughs> check that out on YouTube. It's it's pretty awesome. I feel like that would have been a good casting choice back in the day. I feel like he would have really been a good one. Yeah. T'Challa. And we go from yeah we go from that little training scene, and then we I go to like the wedding ceremony and. <laughs> I don't know why, but like the first thing I know, obviously this like big elaborate dance scene and all these extras coming and doing this dancing. I was like, this very much reminded me of the burning blade ceremony. If it was on a scaled down (laughs) version, like all these guys dancing and getting. (laughs) Do you know who choreographed this dancing? Was it Michael Jackson? It was not. Okay. And I don't know. That was just a total shot in the dark. That's a good guess though. The, 
funny you say that though the special effects guy rick baker for like thriller he worked with landis obviously before but he was used for all the prosthetics and the a lot of the makeup for the you know all the characters okay. and stuff. but the choreographer for this dance scene was our good friend paula abdul oh i did read that i totally forgot i straight up man former <laughs> straight up now <laughs> tell me are you really gonna love me forever that's right oh 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 <laughs> Oh, Paula. What a fun, uh, what a fun, like, little dancing, too. And they're all obviously, you know, getting this big ceremony going. And then Prince Akeem, you know, very forward-thinking man. He doesn't, he doesn't just want a subservient wife. He wants somebody that can arouse his intellect. That's, that's exactly what he's looking for, too. So I, I gave, I gave Eddie props on that, especially seemed like the theme of this movie was uh, parents trying to force your kids into a marriage. And right. Good for Eddie, and then obviously when we get to it, good for Lisa for for being forward thinking about this. So true. What a refreshing Eddie Murphy character, Prince Akeem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bark, jump, jump on one leg, bark like a dog. <laughs> oh man, that that actually is like really that scene really bugs me. I hate like I hate that scene. I love this movie, but that scene really bugs me. What what bugs you in particular? Why does it I, grind your gears? It's her actual like dog noises. I mean, it's oh. like, it's kind of like, I mean, it's like, okay, it's like, you know, it's not that funny. The joke of like, you know, whatever, you know, what's your, what do you like to eat? Whatever you like to eat, you know, like all, like that mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, whatever. But then when he's telling her to bark like a dog and then she changes it and it's like, oh God, I don't like this joke at all. It's a, it's a real Vince McMahon move, making people bark <laughs> like a dog, get down on all fours and all that good stuff. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. But then right after that, we get, uh, Oha with his, uh beautiful vocals singing she's your queen to be yeah man i was looking up i was like he surely he did like backup singing or something i didn't see anything where he was like a singer in a band or anything unless no. i just yeah. missed it i think he's just an actor who just <laughs> can kind of sing and they were like yeah that'd be hilarious if you just started <laughs> singing in like a falsetto and yeah man he he did a good job nails it totally works and then they go, you know, Akeem's like, I, I don't know about, I don't know about this. And to his credit, King King Joffy was pretty, uh, I was like, oh, okay, he's, he's understanding. And then he's talking about like sleeping with the bathmates and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. But right. yeah. that's, a, like I said, that's that scene too. Like they had the whatever giraffes and like baby elephants like running around. I don't know why it just, that tickled me. That is pretty hilarious. Dude, I don't know why I can't stop looking at James Earl Jones's like, fake looking crown in this uh mm-hmm. scene as well but i remember reading somewhere where like the backstory of zamunda where they are uh, apparently they have uh oh all the diamonds like that's their that's how they have so much wealth that they have like diamonds all over and so like his crown has yeah. all those just hideous looking fake diamonds it's true. It was very fake. I did. I didn't write it down, but it was. It was a little distracting. I was like, man, that's that <laughs> very, very obvious too. But um, yeah, we at least uh, you know this. This is uh, where we get the title of the movie. So Prince Akeem, you know, he's talking to his days like, hey, I'd like to, you know, travel, see the world. Uh, <laughs> and King Joffrey assumes that's uh, to go sow, sow his royal oats. But <laughs> right. Prince have Akeem's full- look. He looking looking for his bride. They're going to have uh, 40 days of fornication. 40 days of fornication, man. You can't beat that. So where's the best place to go to do that? Queens. <laughs> Heads or tails. 
I love it. That's a that's just where, like a silly joke, but I love it. Where do you go to find a, you know, where does a king go in New York? Queens. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I, I got a kick out of that too, and the, the whole heads or tails thing. So it's like, couldn't go to L.A. because he might run into Axel and. Yeah, that's funny that, when they that could call be a problem. That, yeah, that's funny. They like specifically call out L.A. and you're like, dude, no, like you've already been to L.A. You can't go. <laughs> you go gotta go to New York. All right, go somewhere new. And just the the whole like like you said like the fish out of water thing. So they travel to like you know we have to we have to fit in and they have all of that luggage. Which I, I don't know why I have that little visual gag of just all those guys carrying the luggage and then him flagging that taxi cab down. The guys, how's your problem? Just flipping out on him. I the you know whole that? interaction like. His mama named Clee. I'm gonna call him Clee. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome back, Cash. Hey man, glad to be here. I uh, my internet said you're done for this uh, first session here, so we we took a natural pause and, and had a little break. So this is three days later now, I think. Yeah, it took a little <laughs> impromptu break there. That's right. I was but done. Yeah. I was I was done with that section. <laughs> but we were we were talking about uh, you know they getting off the plane and seeing the taxi or you know yelling at the taxi driver. Do you recognize this taxi driver? So I lo- I had to look up. I couldn't remember his name. I saw, I saw Jake Steinfeld, but I'm like, I was blanking on where I recognized him from. Did you ever watch the show Big Brother Jake? No, I didn't. He was like a, I think he was a foster. Uh, yeah, he had like foster kids and stuff. It was, I don't remember it being good, but I just was like, oh man, that's totally him. Big, Big Brother Jake. <laughs> All I can think of when I saw that was there's a episode of, I, I go back to how I met your mother too often, but there's an episode where they're pretending to be out of towners and Barney was like, Oh, look at this guy. He's been watching too many Steinfeld episodes. <laughs> nice. Don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's lame, it's, but that's where I went with it. I like that joke. But yeah, man, we uh, they, they get to uh, get to America and the, the visual gag, like them talking like, hey, we have to blend in and we don't want anybody to think that we're royalty. And they've got everybody in the background of the airport is like staring him down. And then he just steps out in front of that cab and he's, what the hell's your problem? And you see like all of the luggage like that, that kind of subtle stuff kind of, it, it gave me a chuckle at least. Yeah, I like that as well. Especially Where does when we one go? <laughs> Where does one go in Queens? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the most common place. Okay, I know exactly where to take you, Dad. <laughs> and, and this is where we get to uh, the probably, I don't know if it's the best part of the movie, but we get introduced to some of the best characters of the film. It was uh, kind of funny because we, and I've told you before that we've got that VHS player, so I found Rocky 2 and 3 on sale at the local market for like one dollar so i put the second one in and we were watching that and rocky balboa was on so we were literally just watching a boxing movie and they said hey rocky marciano i call him cassius clay his name's muhammad ali his mom called him named cash so i'm gonna call him cassius that is a great great time. i love just like they're just cycling through all the boxers and just man this is these are the best characters of the film arguably there's, I know there's, a, there's yeah. a guy that comes later who's also well, a couple guys that come later. Yeah. But, but man, I love Eddie Murphy and Arsenio and even their one of their one of their buds, mm-hmm. all, you know, with the with the latex makeup on and doing these characters characters. This is the first time I feel like Eddie's known for it now, but this is the first time we see it. I was gonna say when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is uh, this must have been part of the inspiration for Nutty Professor then. <laughs> oh yeah. 
yeah, he's this was like he like got, had so much success with this that he was like, oh yeah, I should just do this in all my movies. Like it bigger payday. All, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> always work out that way, but yeah, this one was freaking magic. I used to, uh, I still like the first Nutty Professor movie. Like I think that movie's very funny. Me too. But I do too. The second one has not aged as well for me. <laughs> Dude, the, is the, the clumps? Is that mm-hmm. the second one? Yeah, that that one's horrible. I That's just, one with Janet Jackson. Yeah, I can't even watch that one. But man, the first one's great. I love I, it. Yeah, I loved it, man. The first one was hysterical. I still watch it when it's on TV. Hercules, Hercules, <laughs> come on, yeah, Cletus, come, come on, on Cletus. That's right, the grandma. Yeah. <laughs> toss this nasty thing to crack of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! But yes, I agree one. with you. They are probably, probably some of the top characters in the movie for sure. And there, there's a few other ones, like you said, we'll we'll get to here shortly. But there, that whole interaction too, and then them get, going to buy the the room and the, the oh outline. I totally was like, oh man, this made me think of Naked Gun when they go into, up to the room and they get yep. the outline of the dog. <laughs> that was my note as well. Definitely Naked Gun. Great outline. Enjoy. Great minds think alike. This is uh, where we get. So we didn't we didn't reference this, but we have uh, earlier. Uh, Prince Akeem breaks the fourth wall, takes a look, at the, takes a peek at the camera when he's with his bride to be. Mm-hmm. When she's barking like a dog, where he's like, "Are you serious?" And then yeah. uh, Simi, Arsenio does one here when they're <laughs> looking at the horrible apartment. There's a couple of times I notice it here too, and then there's something later on that I caught, which I was impressed because I've maybe seen this movie all the way through, like. 10 times at the most and I happened to catch this this week which we'll get to it's way later in the show but I was like oh man that's another like totally like fourth wall reference that I'm sure you've seen it before but I was very proud of myself so I'm going to toot my own horn when it comes to that point later on no I can't wait I hope (laughs) I know what you're talking about and then we're now we're going clubbing checking out some chicks did you see before we get to that did you see the the Instagram I think it was post of Francisco Lindor did the he dressed up like the Mets jacket and oh. had, he did the whole thing like uh, Prince Akeem and <laughs> they're like I was like oh Francisco Lindor coming to America when they reported the spring training this year man I, as a Braves fan I don't want to like that but that's awesome if you're gonna do it I mean at least at least you're doing it with uh, you know Eddie Murphy and you're referencing the same team so I give him a pass on that yeah I mean I actually like Lindor too he seems like he. Yeah. He's having fun, so I just hate that he's on the Mets now. But yes, then we go clubbing. Um, <laughs> God, that whole Get scene a... is hysterical to me. I love this whole th- th- every single one of them. And that that part where Arsenio's cross-dressed and I'm going to you up. That's, just a, <laughs> that's the best one. And your friend, too. Like, just, Yeah, it's just, I love it. I, I, I like a man, you know, go for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> Hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I think the song. So I, I, I saw something when I watched it. The song that was playing at the uh, club, like when they first started, it was Eddie Murphy actually singing that song, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. And yeah, it was in the not party all the time. Right. So it was not. So it was not as good song. It's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. <laughs> but yeah, after the uh, after the club, and they go back to the uh, apartment and run into. I you'll have to correct me if you know the name i can't remember the names of all their like other characters that they get dressed up as or like the main barbershop guy that they run into 
Oh yeah, I don't I don't know their names. I can't remember his name, but this. <laughs> where where do you go to find nice women in New York? We just went to the bar. What is your problem? You ain't got to go to the bar. <laughs> just... <laughs> go to church some. Yeah, go to church or library. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> Dude, Eddie Murphy is just so damn funny. He is. He's very, very good, and especially in these. The, I think that's the reason why it's not a typical Eddie Murphy movie is because Akeem obviously is a very grounded, like, level-headed yes. character, but he got to do all of his craziness that he normally does and all these other characters he plays. Right, and you almost you kind of forget it's him at times, mm-hmm. like because yeah, like. Prince Akeem is clearly Eddie Murphy, and he's, like, so subdued and just calm and, you know, like, I mean, fish out of water, and you kind of forget that he's not doing the typical Eddie Murphy stuff, but he's dressed up and doing the typical Eddie Murphy oh, stuff, yeah, you man. just kind of forget. I think it's I think his name is Clarence, the barbershop guy. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Like, you can't... It took me a few viewings for the, like, the old Jewish guy in the, bar, in the barbershop, too. I was like, I know... Because he did a skit on Saturday Night Live, like doing a whole like yes. white face thing, which he did the way, yeah, which yeah, it's, it's just it's hysterical. I mean, it's it's still funny, it's but freaking hilarious. But I was watching, like, is that Eddie Murphy? It took me a couple times when I was watching, like, okay, yeah, that's totally him. I know when I first watched the movie, I was shocked. Like someone's like, yeah, that's Eddie Murphy. I was like, what? <laughs> no way. And he's like, yeah, that's that's him. He. Man, he does. He actually does. Uh, he does like an Italian guy in a uh, vampire in Brooklyn as well, which is oh, yeah. pretty good. He's like, a, is, he, is he a cop? I can't remember. But he's uh, yeah, I like that one as well. But yeah, it's just so crazy that time. I know. I gotta. I gotta. I haven't watched Vampire in Brooklyn, and God, that's been forever since I watched that one. It's uh, it's a guilty pleasure. I know it's not that great, but I, I like gotta it. watch Boomerang. That's a, you. Let me borrow that one. I still haven't got to that yet. Yeah, you need to check don't, that out. Don't worry, man. Big Dave. It's coming, buddy. I promise. Yeah. We almost hey, you know we what? almost glossed over. He got the, he got the royal haircut too. That's right. <laughs> and uh, we get a little chip, a little chop of the back there. It'd be eight dollars. Rat rat tail gone. <laughs> I just and there's a uh, soul glow signs in the uh, in the barbershop. Did you see those? Oh yes, I did. Yeah. Could I have the soul glow? Why won't make your hair look like that? <laughs> anyway, but yes, we uh, we're going back to our. We'll go back to chronological, not bouncing all over the place. I apologize. Um, yeah, sorry. I want to. I want to get that. Let your soul glow. Oh, for sure. Comment in there. My bad. No, that's I okay. Missed it. I missed no, it. That's okay. Well, there'll be other opportunities. <laughs> so they go to the yeah, the black awareness pageant too. <laughs> I have to say, I like of all of the additional characters, the Reverend Brown it might be one of my favorite ones. This just—he is Dude, he's so ridiculous. On, man. <laughs> I, man, he is. This is just great. Yeah, Reverend Brown is awesome. He is spot I won- on. I wonder is if I wonder if this was them like taking jabs at James Brown because. I know he and Eddie Murphy were like going back and forth at this time. And Eddie Murphy, I think he got pissed because Eddie Murphy did that hot tub sketch, which is hysterical, like that. <laughs> and I, th- I remember, like in the coming or uh, living in America song, I know he's like Eddie Murphy, eat your heart. So I know they were going back and forth. So I wondered if they were doing like a subtle, like over the top James Brown kind of thing or not. It kind of seemed like it to me, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean it's possible, but. 
freaking great. Arsenio, Arsenio as the you know as the friend in the barbershop as well is also hilarious. He's the one that has the is Mama call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like he's got man, just but yeah, Arsenio as Reverend Brown, and then we get maybe the best character mm. of the entire film. Randale Watson <laughs> and sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my band. Sexual chocolate. Hey, uh, is it bad that when I, I I hear sexual chocolate, all I can think of is Mark Henry now? <laughs> I that's so yeah. I feel like I probably saw this movie in its entirety around the same time as sexual chocolate Mark Henry being around in the WWE. God. But yeah, I think of that as well. His like him as Randy Watson, like that to me is like almost unrecognizable. <laughs> like more so than the the Jewish guy in the barber shop. He just does not look like Eddie Murphy. It almost looks like Charlie Murphy <laughs> to me. It does kind of a little bit, yeah, dude. But he's singing that like he's singing Whitney Houston. Just man, like what a perfect like random song <laughs> for him to be. And like I love too that like the crowd is so not yep. into it. Like they're just. Like, you know, he, like, this is not his first uh, time being at the uh, uh, the Black Awareness pageant what, thing. So he's, what he's he probably, s- like, every year or whatever. What did he say? He's, like, fresh off of whatever episode or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, yeah, he had, like, a role on a cop show or something. And they, for, yeah, he, give it up. Nobody claps. I give it up one more time. <laughs> Just, like, a handful of claps. That was awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Poor Randy. Yeah, man. And then uh, I saw an interview. I saw an interview with Eddie where this is uh, quite possibly could be the first ever documented mic drop. Randy Watson, the innovator oh, really? of the mic drop. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that because nobody really ever Legend. talked about it before then. That's right. Legend has it. He was the first. I thought we can give him credit for that. That's fine. No doubt. But then we get to meet the McDowells. I love the McDowell's. Cleo, Lisa, and Patrice. That's right. Man, Cleo, John Amos. Just, uh, you know, from the, uh, what was it, uh, Good Times? Mm-hmm. Him and he was the dad, and uh, he's on all kinds of other stuff, other movies. And my wife just watched uh, The West Wing not too long ago, and he was in that show as well. He's just, he's all over the place. He was in, there was something else that I was like, oh yeah, totally, and I don't know what, I couldn't, he was in a TV show or something that I just happened to recognize. Um, but yeah, he, like, very recognizable, and he, um, he's awesome in this movie too. Like, he cracks me up with just <laughs> sucking up, and it's sucking up to um, Daryl, played by Eric LaSalle, which... I was like, oh man, Eric, like when I saw him, I was like, oh. That's right, yeah. Mama, Mama Cash would have ER on, on repeat back when it was in its oh, heyday, really? man. So I, I saw Eric LaSalle all the time. It was very difficult to see him with the Jerry Curls here. Dude, dude. He is the, uh, <laughs> the heir to the Soul Glow fortune. He is. That's so great. I know. Living on daddy's right. money. I love this is jumping way ahead, but I love the scene later on where they're at the party and they, uh, like, Daryl's family's all sitting on that couch, whatever, at, at the McDowell's <laughs> house and they hop up and they have this, you know, the stains on the couch. Dude, just. I, so I wrote that down too. Dumb, <laughs> dumb throwaway joke, but totally, it's it makes me laugh every time. It's so great. It's, it's the visual oh, gag yeah, that gets sure. me. Good writing. 
but we get to see, you know, we get the introduction to the McDowells, which uh, we, <laughs> you're talking about a lawsuit. I was shocked to see that McDonald's did not have a lawsuit out against this movie. Yeah, they were on. And they reference it and reference it and reference it like yeah, nonstop. I, feel like, I, I remember like reading or maybe I heard an interview or something where like McDonald's was even like, they were like, they were like, hey, we're doing this movie, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're like, you know, we're obviously like, you know. Par- you know, kind of parroting you, but like in a respectful way, because we're like, you know, obviously you guys are like the, you know, the and like this wasn't even McDonald's, wasn't even like the like as big as it is now. Like in the early '80s, I don't feel like it was as big of a deal, but but yeah, apparently like McDonald's was yeah. cool with it, and they're like, yeah, go with it, go ahead, like we'll go ahead and let people know that like we will sue people <laughs> for you know like trying to copy our stuff. So <laughs> yeah, they were on board. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just his dad liked to settle stuff that his dad does. Like, don't forget to mention that we have a salad bar, <laughs> that, that salad option coming up, too. Just, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a businessman. He's constantly plugging, man. I, I appreciate that. He's a hard that. worker, man. I can tell. He is. He grew up in a shack, and then you can see the uh, life of luxury that That's he lives right. in he's now. built a nice little life for himself. <laughs> That's right. It's a shame Mrs. McDowell couldn't be around to see it. That's true. Yeah, that's a bit of a buzzkill. But um, we get an early indication that Daryl, um, you know, he's a shady character because Akeem, you see, slip in a bunch of money because he's, as soon as he sees Lisa, he's smitten and, uh, you know, he donates a bunch of money. And later we find out Daryl takes uh, credit for it. But yeah, man, he's uh, Daryl does a really good job being uh, kind of the, the turd, turd boyfriend here yeah, in this he's movie. He's definitely the turd sandwich of the film. Hey, uh, oh, yeah. you mentioned earlier that Akeem has come to America because he doesn't want just a pretty face. He wants a, you know, you know, a mind, a, you know, a girl, an equal, mm-hmm. I should say. Absolutely. So in this scene, I feel like he just sees Lisa and is like struck by her beauty and basically is doing the same thing. Is he not, or is he? What? Yeah, I mean. It, it, to her credit, though, because she, you know, she has that whole little speech about, you know, even uh, even Randy's got his own way of trying to create black awareness. So I, I mean, she gave kind of a convincing speech, but I, I'm like you, like I think he heard maybe every fifth word of that speech, and definitely seemed like he was more interested in. Oh lordy, <laughs> just very very beautiful yeah, woman. Yeah, I mean that's. I feel like he's locked in pretty early on, you know, just, I think he sees a pretty face and then you're right though. She's given like, mm-hmm. you know, the charity speech and, you know, just, you know, throw some money in there. Like, so I don't know, man. I'm just, I feel like he just kind of wanted to take a vacation and he's still just kind of looking for a pretty face. I mean, it turns out differently. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he is 21 years old. That's right. <laughs> Very true. Which cracked me up and they kept saying that at the end, like he's 21, he's 21. I'm like, okay. Eddie Murphy does not look old at all, but he's definitely older than 21, guys. Yeah, Come I need on. to go back and look. He's probably like late 20s in this movie. I'm trying to remember when. Yeah. Because in uh, 48 hours, he's like like 20 or something in real, like, in real life. He's super yeah. young in that movie. He uh, He's aged very well. He still looks, um, even the little snippets of like coming to America, too. You can tell he's a little older, but still looks very yeah, he's youthful. He's almost 60. I'm pretty sure. Like. I think it's he's fifty nine, and yeah, he looks he looks pretty good for fifty nine. Yeah. yeah. Sir. So yeah, they. Uh, well, it's okay. Once uh, once they find once Semi and Akeem find well, mostly Akeem. Semi's just kind of 
as the movie goes on, just becomes more and more <laughs> against everything he's doing. But Akeem convinces him they have to go to work at McDowell's, and they basically are, are custodians starting off with, <laughs> you know how to mop? He <laughs> just starts moving the bucket around. When you think of garbage, Let's think th- of Akeem. Think of Akeem. I, uh, but yeah, that's the, the, and I made a note too because after they do that and he introduces himself, you know, officially to Lisa, and then you hear the Soul Glow song again. Just <laughs> let your soul glow. <laughs> it's amazing. That's great. That company was going to be successful no matter what, just based off the advertisements. Dude, that's. I mean, there's so many great parts of this film, but man, that just like little jingle and like just. <laughs> LaSalle being a turd just me that's I love that little storyline I wouldn't even um I wouldn't even have had the, I, I still don't have the hair to do it and I still would have bought some soul glow because <laughs> I, I that jingle yeah. man it's it's got it's got me hooked. Kidding, no wonder they had so much money man they, that's a great little jingle <laughs> but I was uh, I was referencing this before um this is where we find out a little bit later that you know, Daryl shows up and Obviously, we see Louis Anderson too. I before I, I, I skip out on that. He's uh, he's one of the uh, guys behind the counter at McDowell's. He's he's Maurice and tells Akeem about Daryl's income and you know heir to the Soul Glow fortune. And then we see that you know, Lisa's like, "Hey, did someone slip a large donation in?" And totally not going to take credit for it until she gives it to him. Like, yeah, you know, you know me. You know, just clear clearly the bad guy and and does a good job of establishing it right there. Freaking Daryl. Makes you want to punch him right in the face. Pow, right in the kisser. That's right. So, so it was, it, I, I, I wrote this down too. So his dad invented the soul glowers. His dad just like the company owner. I wasn't entirely sure. I, was, I feel like they're making it seem like his dad is the actual inventor or, you know, like he, it was, he came up with the product okay. and Daryl's just along for the ride. Okay, I figured as much, but I was like, I, I wasn't 100% sure, and I knew with my slightly limited background on this, I may have missed something and didn't want to sound stupid, so. <laughs> no. I do that on a regular basis as is, but we continue on. Uh, so then, yeah, Akeem um, decided, you know, he's going to send earrings because, obviously, he wants to try and stand out, and he makes, you know, not, not from Daryl, and <laughs> Patrice is, like, totally... <laughs> nosy little sister but like clearly is wants to get involved with this too so then they come to find out that they've got some extra tickets to the st john's basketball game and you know hey why don't you come with us and you can double date with patrice and that whole scene like her yeah she got (laughs) she got real handsy yeah it's a a little aggressive a little a little bit too much did we we didn't we kind of glossed over it too but i love the scene where it's Patrice and Lisa in the house. It's like right before Daryl arrives the first time. And Patrice is just like dancing like like for the dog. Oh. Dude, I love I love Patrice's little dance she does. She was she was all about it, man. She was getting down. Yeah, and then she kinda like, like kinda like dances to the door to let Daryl in. Man, I just I love that scene. I don't it's just I have no idea why, but I love That's I love okay. It. It's alright, man. I, I I got a chuckle out of it too. I was just she she was really getting after pretty much all of her dance moves there. She was uh, well, how do they say you know how are you gonna do it if you really don't want to dance by standing on the wall? There you go. Get your back up off the wall. That's that's how she was doing it. <laughs> yeah, she's a real firecracker here. She's a she's a real good. Yeah, she's, a real, she's crazy. She's a real go getter. 
And then uh, I have to say, I did I did make one note that there's one thing I agree with Daryl about in this entire movie. What? His opinion on soccer. Well, yeah, what does he say? <laughs> I forgot already. We play with something like you know we we play real sports or something like That's... that. Like we don't just run around kicking a ball, bouncing it off our head or something like that. It's like Daryl, check you got soccer correct, buddy. Yeah, Daryl's being a real jerk to Akeem, but yeah, that's that, he may not be wrong on that one. I just couldn't get into it, man. I never could. But then again, I'm not a runner and I am not conditioned to do that. So I just I'm, soccer's never been my thing. So Daryl. You got one win out of this entire movie. The rest of it, you're a turd. I, I played soccer when I was little. I scored three career goals, and two of them were in the same day. In fact, the last day I ever played soccer. I went out on top like Jordan. Okay. I went out like Jordan, man. I put in two goals. Nice. Oh, yeah, baby. To this to this day, the story still gets told because apparently the running joke around my house is just legendary stories of my eating. So... <laughs> When I was younger, the only thing that would motivate me was food. So my mom was my soccer coach, and I went running by one day, and mom was like, "Come on, Taylor, let's you know, come on, come on, come on, let's go, let's go." I go, okay, that's fine. And I finally, like, was just sloughing along. Mom goes, "Come on, get going." I said, "Mom, it is really hot out here, and I'm really tired." And she said, literally, the next pass was like, "Hey, what are we having for snacks afterwards? Did somebody get oranges or somebody bring brownies?" So. <laughs> A young, hey. a young me. You know, I had, I was motivated by food and, and beverage, even in a soccer game. That's your priorities straight, man. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, things have changed for me too. Food, food is still number one. So, <laughs> I did a, uh, I did something similar to my, uh, totally off topic, but my sophomore year of basketball, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not playing next year. You know, like I'm, I'm just gonna do football, baseball, whatever. So it's like the, our last game of the year, and it's like it's a pretty tight game. <laughs> And uh, I was not a, you know, I'm not a three-point shooter. You know, I was, you know, I. Not from what I've seen. I, that's well, not true. I developed my shot later <laughs> in life, but uh, I was mostly just like a hustler. I didn't, you know, I was, you know, just, I tried hard. But anyway, we're out there like a, like, you know, a tightly contested, contested game. And I was like, man, this is my last game. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going out like Jordan. So, like, I get the ball. Someone passes me the ball at the three-point line. I just fire one up. I'm, like, I'm right in front of my bench, and my, I can hear my coach like, no! <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, totally went in. Like, we took the lead, and he's like, okay, good shot, good shot. But I was like, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not scoring the rest of the game because I want my last bucket to be a three-pointer. Nice, man. I, uh, I, I remember something semi-similar. Sorry, but you, it made me think of it. So we... I was uh, we I was like the mop up guy, so I came when we were down by a bunch or up by a bunch, and someone passed me the ball up at the top of the key, and I took a shot, and the coach pulled me out afterwards, and I was like, "Hey, what happened?" He's like, "Don't ever shoot again." <laughs> so, not exaggerating, not kidding. I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> when you get the ball, you pass. <laughs> you get the ball to Tucker. <clears throat> Give the ball to Chitwood, man. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry, everybody. I let us I let us astray, but we'll get back to coming to America now. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're, I don't even know where we were at the. So we left off. Yeah, oh, the uh, yeah. the exciting halftime. Um, yeah. That Akeem started to have before he got off. Got uh, I almost almost spoiled yeah. it there. Um, <laughs> got out of there. Um, and then he gets spotted by the uh, spotted by the guy from Zabundo too. The um, just in the bathroom line too, just throwing the big fit and. I, don't know, I mean, I feel like he covers it kind of well, but 
I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it would have been worthwhile for him, just me logistically thinking like, hey, why is this guy making a big deal? Maybe he could have made his move in with Lisa and been like, well, I'm kind of a big deal where I come from. And I feel like that might have been a good segue. But he, I think maybe at the long run he played it right. Yeah, I guess. I feel like he should have been. I know he's like trying not to let on because, you know, people might see his wealth and he doesn't he's he's afraid of that so he's kind of he's in a tough spot but yeah this yes this might have been a okay time to to uh break the news to her i mean this uh ba- random bathroom vendors like down on his knees <laughs> like you know talking about the great prince and i i do like how it shows how beloved he is the uh you know, that's true the prince of zamunda this is the greatest moment of my life <laughs> <laughs> so that's good that, that's well done but then we get the uh, next scene. We get the appearance of a young Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my gosh! I lo- I always forget he's in this until he's trying to rob the store. But dude, when so Samuel is in there, he's robbing the store. Uh, Akeem and Simi, you know, save the day with the with the mops. Their kendo stick training came up big time. But I love too, like after the fact that uh, <laughs> Mr. McDowell's like, man, that guy's hit us like five times already. <laughs> Like, man, like, <laughs> like Samuel Jackson has robbed you guys five times. Like, yeah, have some increased security. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I was like, man, you guys are a target. You need to. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Well, and I, I was laughing too. He's like, I had to hit us five times, but I don't think he'll be back this after that. <laughs> like, so did you call the cops, or like, or did you just like, all right, now get out of here. <laughs> I just, I just envisioned him like, just like pistol whipping Louis Anderson too, like <laughs> grabbing the catch. <laughs> oh man! Good God! Yeah, that's and he totally too, like how he comes in and shouting at everybody. I was like, oh, okay, so this is just Samuel L. Jackson just doing his thing like normal. Yeah, he's yeah, it was like classic Samuel L. But but young Samuel L. was great. And then uh, I wrote down, too, you know, Cleo invites them to his place and totally pulls a Judge Smales on him. He does. He sure does. How'd you, how'd you like to come and mow my lawn? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're going to come be the valet guys. What a bummer. Valet and the bartender. Yeah, that's man. Right. It's, yeah. Um, Eddie got the better job, for sure. Oh, yeah. And this is that scene, too. I wrote it down because this is that spot that were you talking about where... <laughs> Daryl's family gets up off the couch. And yeah, right. Those those grease stains on the couch, like from where they were sitting. Dude, and we got Reverend Brown at the party. Oh yeah, talking up everybody. Man, I wish Randy Watson was at this party, but I it, probably, too. it wouldn't have probably made much sense for him to be there. But man, just so great. I could I could use more of both of them in this movie. Honestly, no kidding. Well, hey, you'll have to watch the new Coming to America because. I will. They are both in that one as well. I told you I got I got a thumbs up from you and thumbs up from Craig and thumbs down from DirecTV installation guy. So. Yeah, I mean it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's that's probably like fair. Yeah. It's nothing great. It didn't have to be made, but it's not as bad as like I've heard a lot of people trashing it, which is just it's not bad. It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> If I was going to say, if it's better than Dumb and Dumber 2, then at least oh, man. it, it it's cleared way, that hurdle. <laughs> way better than that. <laughs> All right, should we take a quick break here and uh, come yeah. back and maybe wrap it up? I don't know. We, we might. I don't know how much we have left to talk about, but yeah, we'll. It'll be, uh, it'll be close. We'll just we'll go where the evening takes us, man. If it wraps up in this next section, so be it. It'll be toit toit like a toyga. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later.
Hey everybody and welcome back. Cash, how you doing? Hey man, I'm excited and uh, it didn't take three days in between breaks, so... Yeah, no, this was like just the normal, well, kind of the normal time, so... Yeah, life couldn't be better. <laughs> Sweetness. So we left off, let's see, we were at the party, um, and uh, Cleo decides to go ahead and give away Lisa without her consent, so... Yeah, I... I hate this part. Do you remember? That was like a thing that I feel like 80s, 90s, maybe even older movies where like the dad would just speak up and like announce his daughter's engagement. Oh, man. Yeah. If the shoe's on the other foot, it's the exact same thing Akeem was going through at the beginning of the movie. Great, great callback. Very true. That's uh, that's the whole point, man. So, yeah, it's it's no good. But at least it gives uh, Lisa and Akeem a chance to go outside and connect a little bit. And Right. You know, bond over mutual uh, irritation over this, and we can start to see that Lisa's starting to maybe waver a little bit on old Daryl. Which, oh yeah, let's be honest, it's probably however long they've been dating overdue. Does she actually break up with him at this point? Because like the events, the rest of the way through the movie would lead you to believe that they are broken up. But I don't feel like she actually. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. Yeah, she definitely never said it though. It was always, I think it, maybe it was just implied, but. Yeah, man, what a what a roller coaster of a night for Daryl. No kidding, because like she, like the next day she's like immediately essentially going on a date with him, and yeah, it's crazy. It yeah, I didn't even think about because the only thing I was I was thinking like the way her dad was talking later in the movie, it was like, hey, are you gonna get you know meet up with him? Are you gonna do something? She's like, no, I'm gonna go with Akeem, and it was very much implied like from her standpoint, like they were done. Right, yeah, so that was easy. Good catch. So, yeah, like you said, you know, they connect, and then they decide that they're going to go out and uh, <laughs> semi, you know, goes throws a big wrench in the plans, though, and decides to take some of the, uh, the fold money and upgrade their apartment from the <laughs> rat's nest that it was to uh, this life of luxury now. And <laughs> what my opinion is is the best part of the movie, though... Ooh, takes the money, yes. stuffs it in the McDowell's bag, hands him the hands him the bag. The first time I saw this man, I was I was so like, oh, this is a great callback, <laughs> Randolph. <laughs> I'm still not talking to you. <laughs> We're back. We're back. But wouldn't you think that they'd be a little bit concerned that make hey, this guy that just gave us all this money really looks exactly like Billy Ray Valentine. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, that's a great point. Like, I love, you're right, though. I love this, like, cameo of the Duke brothers from Trading Places. But, yeah, when, isn't that, it's kind of funny to think that in the same universe, these two movies exist, and Billy Ray Valentine looks a lot like this guy that just gave us thousands of dollars. Yeah, man, I just, uh, great, a great cameo, though. Like, well, well done. Did not, first time you see it, you did not see it coming. You're like, a fantastic callback. <laughs> yeah, it's. It is good. But yeah, they uh, they have their dinner date and kind of, again, bond a little bit. And then, yeah, like you said, like immediately start kissing and like totally she's over it pretty quick um, for however long that they were together, which we never really get a clear timeline. But mm-hmm. she, she's done. She, she's on to Akeem now. That's right. Maybe she thinks of herself as trash because, as Akeem said, if you think of trash, you think of Akeem. So... <laughs> 
That's obviously that. That's a joke, everybody. I promise. Clearly. And this interaction sent me wiring for money. It's yeah, that's pretty. Please great. send three hundred thousand dollars. Do you think that's too much? <laughs> no. Why don't you go? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you make it a cool million or whatever she says? She's like so snotty at him, and he's just okay. It sounds good. Just. <laughs> Not believing him, and she is real, uh, real snippy. So yeah, that I, I did get a kick out of that. And that ends up bringing the the Zamundans to town. It does, and in the meantime, Patrice sees the uh, the apartment <laughs> the way it is, and Semi lies to her. That that, that cracked me up too. Is <laughs> oh, yeah. Semi's the prince, and Akeem is my <laughs> servant. <laughs> Who told you this? <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh man. Oh yeah, man! But that does—that brings the royal. Fa- I just kept referring to them in my notes from the rest of them as the royal family. I don't think I brought this up earlier, but fun fact: Did you know? So, obviously, James Earl Jones is uh, Mufasa in Lion King. What? But did you know that Madge Sinclair is what? I don't know. I forgot the mom's name in Lion King as well. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, she's the mom's voice. Mom. Oh, it's the same. Wow, that's I did not realize. I knew obviously I knew James Earl Jones was. Yeah, that's correct. That. How about Look at that? you! You're you're dropping you're dropping knowledge bombs tonight, just all over the place. <laughs> that's a that's a true fun fact right there for all you just Disney spring, fans. <laughs> sprinkling in a little knowledge here and there for everybody. <laughs> Bam! Oh my goodness gracious! And the <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the flower, the rose petal like crew like that part. That part always took like at the beginning when he's like. From this you know, this moment forward, nobody drops rose petals, and they're just on it everywhere they go, man. They're dropping rose petals, and <laughs> the barber said, "Who's yeah. gonna clean this up on the way out?" <laughs> I love that. I love that quote. <laughs> totally, totally would be something that that guy would ask to. So who could be cleaning this up? <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, it's. I, I do like those flower petal girls. Like one of them, I feel like has a great reaction in the beginning where. He announces that he doesn't want to see that anymore. Like the one in the middle, oh, has, yeah. like a, has like an awkward look on her face. Like, Ehh. I caught that too. It's pretty great. But yeah, so, so we, that yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, nope, go you, ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no. You, okay. You, okay, you go ahead. <laughs> I'll I'll do it. I'll take it away. But the, <laughs> the yeah. So where, where's Kutakite? <laughs> He's upstairs. You know what? So they go upstairs and find Semi in that. <laughs> Simi, you have disgraced yourself. You shall go to our president, or you should go to our suite at the Waldorf and make sure he's bathed. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> that is good. That's a nice little joke. They go to the uh, go to the McDowell, see that he's been working, because obviously he's he's up in arms that uh, they've been working, and the secret's out to Cleo and you know and Louis Anderson now that hey, they're they're royalty, they have their own currency, so then of course. <laughs> Cleo flips the switch, man. He just he, he wants he wants everything to do with Akeem and nothing to do with Daryl now. Yeah, so this brought up a question in my mind. I don't think I've ever actually thought about this, but like so yeah, like Cleo spills the beans, Akeem's gone. She's like already mad at Akeem because she knows that he's a prince and she never told her or he never told her. So she's like kinda like upset in her room, whatever, and then King Joffrey rolls up to her room. She lives mm-hmm. with her with it with her parents. Right. But she seems like she's a professional so i'm like man how old is lisa and patrice for that matter like how old do you think they are i could see patrice living on patrice to me gives off a very like 
senior in college vibe kind of thing. So I could see her living at home. But yeah, I, was, I didn't even think about it. Lisa definitely seems like she's late 20s, early 30s maybe. You know, she's definitely seems like she's got her head on straight. Like she knows what she'd be doing. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, I didn't even think about that. Like why is she still living at home? But like not, not just, I mean, it's fine that she's living at home, but her room just looked like a room that like a, like high school girl would have. It seemed like a very youthful room with like, I mean, I guess you leave posters up as you age. Like I had, I probably had posters up even when I moved out, but I was going to say as, (laughs) as a 33 year old having posters up in your basement, taking up wall space. So yeah, I don't know what that's about. (laughs) I had like my, uh, sports illustrated for kids, like posters up like for way too long in my old room, my parents' house. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Like, yeah, I could totally see Patrice being in college and then, uh, like Lisa just, yeah, being like out of college, like a young professional. But yeah, just when they show her room, I just get like a super young vibe (laughs) from her. But yeah, it's a good point. I didn't even think about that till you said that. So that's a good catch. Dude, the, uh, I love it too. And so I'm skipping way ahead here, but just to move this thing along, uh, well, first, I love that Cleo just Leo Cleo invites Daryl over, but then ends up slamming the door in his face when he shows up <laughs> multiple times, and sends the little dog after him. <laughs> That's right, great move. I was cracking up about that. That's like the one time I actually feel bad for Daryl, but. Uh, that's but he, hey, he's gonna hook up with Patrice anyway, so it works out. Yeah, exactly. Don't that's feel right. bad for Daryl. He's got a fortune. But so, like when I watch this movie. Having done uh, Adventures of Babysitting for the podcast now, that's like fresh in my mind. Like when Akeem chases Lisa to that train, or they you know get on that train or whatever. I'm just like, man, I wonder if the Lords of Hell are going to show up. Like, <laughs> I guess we're in the wrong. I guess we're in the wrong city, but yeah, just like wrong city. It's it's still a possibility. Yeah, and there's just so much graffiti on the inside of that train. <laughs> I know. Some the the Queen's branch of the Lords of Hell might might be on that train painted up. Yeah. It's not, again, not going to be Lords of Death, though. They're in San Francisco. <laughs> Lords of Death. Yeah, that's right. That's Lords of Death. <laughs> Lords of Death are in big, yeah, they're in they're in uh, Chinatown. Lords of Hell are in Chicago. And then who knows who's tagging this train. So this, you bring up a good point. So, yeah, obviously, you know, Akeem chases after her, they get down into the train. So this is where, like, literally the first time I watched this for the for the viewing and I even like paused it. I was like, Hey, did you see that to my wife? So the poster, when she stops and gets out, it's like, it, the movie is see you next Wednesday. It's a fake movie hmm. starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Dan Aykroyd. I did not see that. It says it. Yeah. If you pause it, like right when she gets out, you can see. So they, <clears throat> I think there's a couple other people too that were on that poster, but that was when I was like, Oh, Dan Aykroyd. So then I went to look it up. I was like, this is not a real movie. So he just <laughs> literally threw this in as like a callback. So it's a it's a complete trading places callback. That's awesome. Very cool. Good catch. Yeah. Hey man, I had to I had to you were you're dropping all kinds of knowledge all over this thing, so I had, I had to try and throw <laughs> something in there. That's good. This is the uh, I also wrote this note at this point. We talked about it earlier, but I wrote romantic comedy question mark cuz this I feel I like know, right? towards the end here it totally yeah makes that makes that turn it the love story is is uh up front as we uh, as we've been talking about this the whole like parents speaking up for their children like you're going to be with this person you're going to be with that person i had to, i had to question now so she got upset that cleo was going to give her away and akeem was upset that he's being forced to marry at the beginning of the movie 
and then it's you know she ends up saying no lisa says like i don't i just don't think i can handle this so then they're heading back to zamundo and between king joffrey and queen alion like they're talking back and forth like you know they love each other and then we don't see what happens and then she ends up at the wedding ceremony i was like so did he just like roll up and go hey let's go get in like i'm gonna change your mind like i i i feel like that would have been an important plot point to talk about as opposed to just get in we're gonna go that is funny you say that i like i think the first time i remember watching this i so i definitely watched it on tv because i remember thinking like man did like comedy central just like cut out a piece of this movie like did i did i like miss a scene because yeah like all of a sudden they're at the wedding you think that she he's marrying the barking chick and then lisa shows up and i'm like oh wait man i must have missed something and so i, I remember i like finally watched it and i was like oh no that's just what <clears throat> happens okay that's uh that's qu- quite the twist I know, and he was, like, 100% dead set, like, I'm going to renounce my throne, I'm going to stay with you, and I don't care about all that, to as soon as she says no, it's like, well, I guess I better get back to Zamundo and let marry that lady then. <laughs> that's right, 40 days are up, i got to head back. But yeah, it's just like, that's, that's right. so crazy that they don't show, I guess they wanted, like, the surprise ending, but yeah, you sure they would have, like, had a couple scenes in there, like, kind of, I don't know, like. It's weird yeah, that she's. <laughs> it's weird that she shows up and is all of a sudden over it and fine with everything and yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a happy ending. I like that. I, uh, yeah, happy endings are always better than not. So yeah, they obviously get married and you know we we know that there's a sequel several years down the road. But yeah, man, that's that's coming to America and I think I think we covered it pretty well and obviously some of the highlights. I know you said you had some questions for me though, so I, I want to turn it over to you. Well, as always, we like to uh, award our movie MVP. So I got asked you, who's your film MVP coming to America? Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I think, I, I think I'm going to give the edge to Arsenio on this one, just from those extra characters. Um, the Reverend is hysterical. I love his character in the barbershop too. Just, I, I'm gonna am I'm gonna give the edge to Arsenio here, even though I love Eddie and all of his characters in it. That's a, I'm glad you did. I like it. I, he should be he should be awarded something because he yes. did a phenomenal job. I even, agree. Even Simi, I feel like Simi is a better character than Akeem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Reverend Brown, and then yeah, the barbershop guy. Man, he Arsenio is he is a major part of this film. For sure. I'm gonna stick with Eddie just because mm-hmm. you know like I. I could watch Eddie do anything, but in the same vein, it's not his Akeem character that's so great. It's all the extra, you know, Randy Watson and Clarence, and I mean the Jewish guy's okay. He's not as funny, but uh, yeah, it's just just magic, just uh, great performance. I mean, unfortunately, it led to the clumps, but they were at least they were we funny. The, and, yeah, they we were got funny. The professors first, right? Yeah, that was right. They, they were funny in that one, at least. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. You know who actually I have a so I have like a special mention. I wouldn't even like say I was you know gonna include her. I, I would just say I'd like to call her, bring her to attention. But there's a character in this movie. She's she's uh, billed as the lady in waiting. I think is what she's billed at on IMDb. I don't even I forgot her name already. But she's kind of like the queen's like she's always around the royal family and um. But yeah, just like there's just something about this chick. She's you know super attractive obviously but like there's just i was like man i wish they would like let that lady talk like i am intrigued by this woman but sheila johnson yeah sheila yep that's her 
I don't think she actually has like a speaking line or whatever, but she's I don't in think all. So. Yeah, she's in all the signs or all the scenes with the royal family. I'm just like, man, I want to know more about her. But yeah, that's fair. I, I want to know more, more about Cuba Gooding. We didn't even talk about Cuba's oh, yeah, little right. cameo on there too. He's getting a haircut. That's right. He's getting his hairs cut at the barbershop. We should also mention this. Basically, essentially, this those Eddie Arsenio barbershop scenes basically led to a franchise of movies that are all you know set around barbershops. Like that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely the inspiration. So, all right. Uh, let's see here. I do have some questions here. Let me find it here. So I, I don't think I actually mentioned it, but you know. So I love this movie. Yes, sir. Um, I know you're kind of like, you know, didn't love it, you know, kind of middle of the road or whatever. So I I was interested. I brought up some other Eddie, Eddie movies, and I was going to run them by you to see, like, if you thought Coming to America was better or if you thought one of these other Eddie movies was better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down the list here, and you tell me if you like Coming to America better or whatever the movie I give you is better. All right. Fire away. Okay. Uh, have you seen Bowfinger? Yes. Um, I give the edge to coming to America. Okay, me too. Good. Life? Life is better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, interesting. All right. That's, I, that, I, those, I, are, I, those are evenly matched movies for me, so that's, it just kind of depends on my mood. I, li- I, I like life a lot, but I like Martin Lawrence a lot too. Like that, Eddie and Martin together really set that one over the top for me. Good, good. All right, Vampire in Brooklyn. We just we already referenced it earlier, but yeah, um, that one's a little bit closer. I think I give the edge to Coming to America, probably just because it's fresher in my mind. I, I'm being honest with you; like, I don't remember Vampire in Brooklyn as well, so I'll give the edge to Coming to America. But follow yeah. up with me on that one maybe in a couple weeks when I watch it again. Yeah, Coming to America <clears throat> is better movie, but they're actually in a strange way they're a lot alike because Eddie does a lot of uh, a lot of his characters in this one as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Coming to America is way better. Okay, uh, 48 Hours, you referenced that earlier as well. Yeah, um, the original 48 Hours. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I I like that one better. Um, I know it's a little bit more serious, especially at the beginning, but I like 48 Hours better than Coming to America. I think 48 Hours is a better film than the another 48 Hours, but I think Eddie's funnier in the second in the sequel, yeah, but but I would take I would take Coming to America over both of them. All right, uh, Trading Places. Oh, Trading Places, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It's I mean I don't. It's like it's super young Eddie though, so it's like it's kind of hard. But yeah, I think the film overall is better. Yeah, that one. I that movie is on frequent repeat at, at our house everybody likes it we joke with i've told you this before my my sister what she does like oh, yeah. she talks about trading commodities and all this stuff and, and of course it's just she's on the phone when we go down on a trip and like tell mortimer i said hi you know just <laughs> we, we constantly badger her about that oh yeah i remember making a some uh orange juice concentrate concentrate jokes to her and the other one we always, or at least I always like to do is, I'm sure a lot of people went belly up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Merry New Year! <laughs> All right. Uh, Nutty Professor, we've also talked about a little bit. but mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Nutty Professor better than Coming to America. This one is really close for me as well. I think I'm going to give, oof, this is tough, because this is also kind of similar. All the all the characters that Eddie plays. 
and Sherman yeah. and Sherman's not a ostentatious character. You know, he's oh, right. kind of the the low key good guy. I think Coming to America is a better movie, but yeah, I'll I'll go with Coming to America. But that's super close. That's super close for me. All right, uh, The Golden Child. Oh yes, the same year as the greatest film that's ever been made. Um, right. hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'll give the edge to Golden Child, but not by much. Like I'm, that one's kind of neck and neck for me. I'm gonna do the same. This is like I know this won't be popular because I don't feel like this film gets much love. But man, I love the Golden Child. I just think it's great. It's a super weird. Yeah, you know, like mystical, you know, yeah. sci-fi movie. But, I, man, I freaking love it. It's so great. If you haven't seen The Golden Child, you need to go see it. Whoever's Do listening. Do it yeah. now. Stop listening. Hit pause. Go watch it. All right, I got three left. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop 1. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop all day. S- same. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop Part 2. Yep, same. Agreed. Beverly Hills Cop Part Three. <laughs> I'll give the edge to Gold or not Gold Trust. Sorry, I'll give the edge to Coming to America on that one. Me too. Same. Part Three is, you know, like Part Three is like obviously not a good movie, but I still like I'll uh, I'll watch it every now and then. Like it's not, I don't hate it. There, there's parts of it that I I don't mind. I think the biggest issue is Taggart isn't in it. Yeah, I hate Bogomil that. Bogomil yeah. isn't in it. Like that that I can't stand. And Hector Elizondo, like I like some of the other stuff that he's done, and he's fine in it, but. I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a Beverly Hills Cop to, movie to me. Yeah, I mean, they even brought, they like, they knew it was in bad shape, but so they brought Surge back, but yeah, even even he couldn't save it. It's a fun little cameo from him, though. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's basically all I had. I just, uh, I do have a, one more fun fact I forgot to mention. Yeah. That I feel like you will appreciate as being a Ghostbusters fan, but, you know, the, uh, the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters... Winston is voiced by Arsenio Hall. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. I turned that on. There's a couple of episodes on YouTube for free. I turned that on the other day. We were trying to find something at my parents' house for uh, our daughter to just get distracted with on the TV. So I turned that on. I totally forgot about that. That's Arsenio. Ooh, 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 ooh. Carcinio. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. So yeah, that's basically all I had. Uh, thanks for uh, you know watching this movie. I know you weren't like a huge fan, but um, hey, that's that's okay. This is that's what this thing's designed for is to to think analytically. Now, I'm I'm confident not just you, but I'm confident some people are not going to be happy with my rating and ranking of this. But oh, yeah, um, let's, let's bring that up here. Okay, I am I am still glad to uh, have gone through it again because I I do like Eddie Murphy and it it's. It's furthered my appreciation for this, even though it's still not my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. All right, so where are you going to throw it? I got the, I got the rankings up. All right, so... This is our 11th film. It is going to be above Roger Rabbit, but below Robin Hood. Okay, interesting. All right. Let me slide this one down. You have a, a score for the Richter scale rating? I do, 4.4. Coming to America. I have to say, my my justification, I explained this to my wife, because Mrs. Cash is a big fan of this movie, too. So I know I'm in the minority here. Feel free to, to send hate mail at me. I will I will drink I will drink it in. Um, 
this is a movie to me that I again like the barbershop is hysterical Randy's hysterical the reverence hysterical like there's parts of this movie that are very funny but when the best part of the movie to me is referencing another movie that he's done like I'm I don't want to watch this to have a reference to a movie that I like better like I'd rather just watch that movie so it's it's one of those movies like it just kind of happens and it doesn't stand out to me so and again, I, I went from, I'll be honest with you, like before this, before watching it again, and even before like a few years ago, like I would have put this close to, if not below, Roger Rabbit. Like I was that much of a non-fan of this movie. So this has bumped it up quite a bit, as you can tell. I'm, I'm still a fan. It's just, it's not, it's not my go-to Eddie movie. Yeah, no, I got you. I, I, I respect that. I like that you're, you at least acknowledge it's, you know, it's fun. It's got its moments. Definitely. This is really definitely tough. a fun movie, and I, I yeah, I'd like, I like I like fun movies, so I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. This is uh, really tough for me because man, I, the only movie like I just don't really enjoy is Roger Rabbit. Like I I, <laughs> I enjoy all these films. Like this is man, this is really tough. But I think I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna have to put it. <sighs> this is tough. I think I'm gonna have to put it at number eight. So I'm gonna go in between Ninja Turtles and Prince of Thieves. Okay. Which is, uh, man, that seems low, but I, I mean, we've we've watched ten pretty strong movies. I feel like so. Yeah, I. Th- it's at number ten out of mine for me, and I mean, I, again, I, I'm fairly com- comfortable with that, but it is tougher when we're comparing it to all these other movies that we've watched. Like, right. So many good movies. It's tough. I'm gonna give it a Richter scale rating of five point four, and it's currently sitting at number eight. I like it. All right, man. Have you decided what we're going to watch next week yet? Or is is it a mystery? So um, I think if you're okay with it here, I've been been contemplating this. I want to get into the 90s. We talked about this before. We've done quite a few in a row here from the 80s. So I promise everyone Beetlejuice is coming. For those of you that have have requested it, we'll get there soon, I promise. But I think I want to go in the 90s, and I want to get your your take, see what you think about maybe talking about speed next week. Oh. I like that one. Good choice. Keanu. It was, I caught like the last 10 minutes of it the other night on TV. And I was like, you know what? I haven't talked about this. We talked about it in one of our ranking episodes. So I think it's a, I think it's a good time to bring it up and yeah, let's get into the nineties. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. I haven't seen it in a while. So yeah, we'll, uh, I remember liking it. So we'll see how it, how it held up. I hope it holds up well. Yeah, we should also mention but, that, uh, just a quick peek behind the curtain here, that uh, we had originally planned to talk about the new Coming to America movie. I had the idea we should watch the old one and then watch the new one, but, uh, you know, I, after watching it a couple times, I was just like, you know what, I don't think it deserves a spot as its own episode, so, not that I didn't like it, I just, you know, yeah. I, just, I don't want to... I don't want to subject you to that. I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> I think I think it'll be good for a... Uh, I think we could do it maybe like a bonus episode one day. Maybe just cover it and kind of do like a quick take. We can do that. Or we can do it in a regular episode. We, we're in charge here. We're, we have sole control over this podcast. So we can do whatever we want. Episode 500 coming to America. Lock it right in. after Big Trouble in Little China. That's what, 372 <laughs> or something? Yeah. Three, yeah, you said, I think you said 372, man. 
So yeah, that's yeah. We'll get there. Hey, I got I want to I want to give a quick uh, shout out actually to your sister. She was she was blowing us up on Instagram the other day, giving us some suggestions, sending out a big movie list for us. So I want to I want to say thanks to uh, to Sister Hightower for for making some suggestions to us. Did she did she give us a list of movies? Or oh she man, us- she get yeah she she gave us a recommendation for a bonus episode of oh. strong female lead, and then I, I jokingly that. said <laughs> jokingly said. Are there any others besides Adventures in Babysitting? You know, because haha, that's what we've covered. And uh, she took it to she took it to heart, man. She sent us a, a big list of them, just to name a few. So we we definitely have a bonus oh episode idea in the tank if we want it. Yeah, I knew she like gave us homework, but I didn't see that she'd actually put some movies on there too. Cool. I'll have to, oh yeah, I'll have to check it out. Kudos to her. And I also I, I got in trouble last week for not saying thank, thanks to the misses too. She's been listening every week, and she gets upset when I don't give her a shout out. So. Oh yeah, we give. I feel like we give Mrs. Cash a hard time, uh, but uh, she's a she's a big fan of the show, right? Very much so. Yeah, she. Uh, I, I half the time I don't even get to listen to it right away because she <laughs> listens to it on the way to work. Because she said listening to us brightens her morning, so I I'll take it. I know she's listening because I know like I I get a few texts that I'm in trouble <laughs> for my comments, but. <laughs> In defense, I actually do like Open Range. I just, I just had to put it low because you were there were eight other good <laughs> movies out there. She got, she got mad at me about that too. She was uh, adamant again, like it was the greatest western ever made. I was like, boy, you are just coming in real strong. And she's yeah. seen, Tombstone? she's seen the John Wayne movies that right. that we've seen. So yeah, come on. I mean, I get it if you don't like the old ones, but I mean, there's no reason not to have Tombstone on that list if you're, you know, want a modern western she she likes clint eastwood too though so i i know you're i know you're a fan i know it's (laughs) hey to each their own absolutely (laughs) all right man this has been fun absolutely appreciate it and uh yeah we'll be talking to you guys next week and uh, we'll talk 1994 i believe is speed what a year later dude adios i don't know what you come to do but Come to praise me. Well. Bye.